You're listening to Free Indeed Radio, the podcast from Free Indeed Ministries. Today on Free Indeed Radio. So again, this all goes still back to the identity crisis, uh, the masculinity crisis, that you can see now that all it is, is it's on the bigger stage. Make me feel legitimate about what I'm doing so I can feel good about who I am. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon and John. Hello, welcome back to Free Need Radio. I'm Brandon. And I'm John. And we were talking about, in, uh, the other day in the car, we just got in this really deep discussion about um, identity and masculinity and how all that plays into the different uh, mental things that go on with same-sex attraction and we, we just, we went off on it and thought, hey, that would make a great podcast. So that's what this is, just identity, masculinity, and um, sexuality. And in perspective of God and same-sex attraction. And opposite-sex attraction. <clears throat> right. You know, because the question was, why don't I feel that way? Or what is the difference when you look at a woman and... And think of attraction, what does that mean versus somebody who's same-sex attracted? Because there is a difference. Right, just kind of the, the inside um, direct look at the motherboard, yeah, if you will. <laughs> and we're going to do it from a masculine point of view because, well, there's me, so I can give that to you. I'm going to say that it's probably uh, very similar in for femininity as well. Um, uh, I often have been told by uh, lesbian gals that um, they just like the female form, you know, and that's what guys mm-hmm. say too. So right. anyway, although this is coming from my perspective, uh, I think mm-hmm. it you'll find that it fits. Okay. So I think one of the questions that I asked was, um, what is it that gets fulfilled in somebody with the actual, um, the sex of it, what it, what is it in the, in, um, what is it that is being fulfilled? Because obviously there's, there's the God shaped vacuum in all of us that we're trying to fill. But I think one of the things I tried to, uh, get was what, what exactly is it? What are we, what do you get out of it? Yeah. Is that kind of what you're looking for? Um, and that's diving right into the heart of it, which is the sex of it, because we really start out there with the attraction and then move um, closer and closer to an act, and then what happens after that. But to answer your question, uh, the fulfillment is, well, it's the attempt to take on the masculinity or the identity of the person that you're with because you don't see it in yourself, it's something that we try to um, mirror, if you will. But then again, you really want to take that into you. There's, It goes beyond just uh, somebody being pretty. This is about obtaining something that they have. Right. So like the whole um, the gym culture behind it. Um, kind of explain why there is such a gym culture 
and, uh, you know, why it's all about, what is it about self-image and masculinity and the male form in this context that pertains to this? Well, masculinity, first of all, is not really an identifiable specific thing. Your, your masculinity, my masculinity is kind of wrapped up in all of who we are and what we are. And if we're whole, then you don't walk around wondering if I'm masculine enough or am I missing something in myself or in my masculinity. Mm. Whereas in the same-sex attracted mind, there is that, that need or that drive to prove masculinity, which is very, very different. It's very outside of the way you would think. But getting into the workout gymnasium <laughs> culture, um, you would be surprised when you meet these guys, although they, you know, they might have the perfect looking body and they're amazing, they're still missing something. Um, I've watched interviews with, with a straight guy and a gay guy, both of them very nicely built, and the gay guy still thought that he wasn't as masculine as the guy standing next to him who looked just like him. Hmm. It was truly interesting and there is that mentality because something's missing. Again, uh, so that we try to build ourselves into something that will make us the, our masculine identity. Right, because I, it really doesn't seem to me that masculinity itself is something that is clearly that like these are the only characteristics that are identifiable as masculine characteristics are like passion zeal strength you know it's 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 nothing identi- as, as identifiable like uh big muscles or um uh you know a certain occupation like people identify you know lumberjacks as masculine right but you know there's got to be gay lumberjacks out there you know so right. like Men and women are representative of two aspects of God's heart, the feminine aspect and the masculine aspect. And I know I understand that women represent God's mystery, his nurturing, his his uh his beauty, his his majesty, you know, his uh you know, just those things that a woman really embodies. Right. And then the men are an embodiment of passion and zeal and uh, strength, protection, uh, leadership. So in, in, in our culture now, there's such a uh, masculinity, um, femininity, identity crisis with, you know, if I trim my nails and, you know, or... Uh, do my hair, wear fancy clothes, then I'm emasculine and, um, whatever. And it's, it seems to me like masculinity isn't that clearly defined to be able to say that a person isn't masculine or is based on the way they, they look or anything like that. And so I'm wondering where the where that fits into the same sex attracted mindset where is where is masculinity in in that 
masculinity and all of that is something that, again, is trying to be achieved or attained, whether by the right clothes, the right body, uh, the right partner. Even though it's something that really isn't defined. Correct. It's not something that's definable. Um, you know, masculine men come in all shapes and sizes and forms. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to be 6'2", 220 and all muscles to be masculine. You know, I mean, there's, there's just all different ways of doing it. But, or being there. But in the same sex attracted mind, because that part has not, well, I'm going to insult people here, but that part's not fully developed, if you will. Somewhere along the way, that masculine uh, identity was broken or harmed. And so we have to, we are reaching out to other men to give us what we don't feel we have, to make us the men that we think we want to be or need to be. And then, so it starts with the eye, the attraction, attraction to the person, what you see on the outside, like you said, the clothes maybe, or the way they're kept, or the, uh, the body type. And then it goes into a hyper-masculinity, which means I have to consume that so that I can assume that. Do you understand what I'm saying? We want to... Kind of like how... Um, it might be kind of a weirder stretch, but like in ancient Aztec or Mayan culture, when they would slaughter their enemies, they would eat their heart to obtain their power. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's pretty much it. Because when you um, have sex with that person... You really are in a bit of a death spiral because it, you don't come out of it happier. You don't come out of it more fulfilled. In fact, there was a recent study that I saw where it showed that um, same-sex couples, especially men, after having sex actually felt worse than opposite-sex people who, after having had sex, felt better hmm. and made them happier. So there is an actual scientific correlation in the mental part of sex and sexual attraction that goes to the identity. So like you said, you're, you're just taking that person on and you kind of wish, you know, I mean, it can get so far to be obsessive to where you want to just eat them alive and become that person. You would do anything to become them because you see them as this masculine figure. So again, that, that, that God-sized hole in your life and in your identity uh, mm -hmm. is trying to be found elsewhere. And by having sex with that person for just that moment, you feel like, well, at least they accept me, so I'm acceptable to that level of masculine, so I'm okay right now. But mm -hmm. then when they leave and you're alone and you're back to just who you are, it's a lonely place because they've walked out. So it's like the sex itself tries to fulfill a whole different bunch of aspects at once. Right. Like the, the, the brokenness and the masculinity, the desire for uh, intimacy and, and acceptance, and the, uh, and the placement of identity. Mm -hmm. And love. And love, yeah. Yeah. It does do all that. And then, of course, you get into the casual sex side of things. And it's just, I mean, that's just all about <laughs> well, right. lust. I, I mean, mean we, I was reading 
something along the lines of like your average person who lives in the gay lifestyle will have a man, a man who lives in the gay lifestyle will have 500 partners and then somebody who lives, you know, so many plus years in the lifestyle will end up having over a thousand. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, a thousand seems pretty easy to get to because sex becomes the driving force. You have to remember, Brandon, like we've talked about, uh, when it comes to gay, it's all about sex. I mean, there's no real lifestyle, if you will. It's a matter of accepting people's sexuality and what they want to do sexually. It has nothing to do with um, how you grow your beard or... Uh, how you look as a man because you are simply male. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is what it's about. So it becomes so hyper intensive because there's this need to, again to be accepted. So then you seek out that which you think is familiar or common just to fill those voids and to fill that space. And there are going to be plenty of people who would scream at me and say, well, you don't know, you have never done this, you've never lived with somebody, you don't know what it's like to be happy. I do. I know what it's like to be married to my wife where we had children. I know what it's like to have a long-term partner. I know that within those relationships and partnerships, we still went out because we still had this need uh, that drove us to have more sex with other people, again, to for the pleasure of it, but it was also if you really get back down to the baseline of it, it's to fulfill something. And that fulfillment never comes because it's not given by God. It's like in the relationships that you've had where uh, outside of marriage, which of course I, you know, people know you've yeah. never been married, um, they were not fulfilling, right? Right. So the emptiness that you felt, imagine feeling that over and over again, but all the time, and then feeling on top of that, that my feelings can never go away because mine can't be legitimized through marriage or, well, just right. through marriage. Right. Uh, and certainly marriage that we accept as being God-given, which is between one man, man and, and one woman. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the rest of the church even and the world accepts that, well, straight people are going to have sex, and so... Oh, well, they just do it, and we can't stop it, and we turn our back. But that's not what God called us to. He called us to absolute purity. Mm -hmm. You go back to the garden, and there was no, okay, go and do what you want. I mean, he, he wiped out the Sodom and Gomorrah for sexual reasons as the last and final act, but it was, it was insane there. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, it was crazy what was going on when he talked about the Levitical laws and the things that he had to stop, you know, stop having sex with your own children and with the animals that are outside. And I mean, it was crazy. <clears throat> right. So man has a drive to fill something that he feels is missing. And that creative power between a man and a woman is, is an extremely intense God given drive. And people who are same sex attracted have that drive, Brandon. Don't be fooled. Mm -hmm. Just because they tell you, oh, I don't like girls. I don't want to touch that. I don't want to look. Well, the drive is for that, to procreate, to become uh, one with 
someone. A single unit, yeah. Yeah, and then have something to show for it, which is your kid. Mm-hmm. You know? So now what has the gay culture done? Well, they try to legitimize it by saying, look, we adopted a kid. Yeah, but the two of you didn't come together and have the child. Not saying adoption's bad. Let's not get into all of that. My point being, the drive to procreate, the drive to become one with someone is part of what we are God created, God given. Mm -hmm. And we cannot become one with the same thing, with that which is looks like us or emulates us or whatever. It has to be the opposite to come together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, And it it makes sense in my mind to 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 look at the uh, to look at the what, what, what would you call it? Happiness rates of sexual encounters. I mean, I, I've read articles of, of, you know, people's describing their, their party life or their, uh, or whatever. And, you know, their, their first sexual experience just being awful and, you know, crying you know so we're we're not trying to lump everything into the same deal no but you know to to people who are in this uh, you know in a relationship together and then coming together i can understand how like even if it wasn't pleasing to god how how there would still be a fulfillment in the in the opposite sex relationship because i mean that's what's designed to happen and there, I mean, regardless of whether or not it pleases, there's still a, a, um, uh, like a mysterious chemistry that happens. Yeah. An okayness, if you will. Right. And, um, so, you know, you're already starting to become one at that point. And so that desire to enter that person is, is being fulfilled and realized. But then, two people who are of the, you know, the the same sex they they can they can't fulfill that design. They can't enter each other, like in in a, in a spiritual sense. They, right. In in that um, relational coming together, legitimization of of the family sense, they can't they can't do that. It's just not physically spiritually possible. Right. So it would make sense in my head why why they would be pushing so hard to, uh, you know, against culture to say, well, no, we can, now we can be married because the, the, the marriage law just got passed not too long ago <clears throat> here in Oregon. And so fighting to legitimize the sex is fighting to legitimize the, um, the family. It's very well put. Yes. And you can't do that. <laughs> sex isn't what it's you know sex isn't the family uh, and legitimizing the sexual activity doesn't enhance anybody's anything not really I mean you're trying to make everybody like what you do privately it's funny because when they started the fight they said well what you should break you should stop these laws that stop us from having uh, sodomy and and to be able to even at all get involved with with uh, homosexuality because it's no place for the government or you in the privacy of my home 
So they wanted people out of their bedroom, let them do what they want, stop laws that stopped it. And now it's let's create laws that are directly related to in the privacy of our bedroom. And now the people who are who were on the opposite side before are again on the opposite side, but trying to make you look bad, trying to make society look bad and feel bad because they don't want to be in that couple's bedroom. So again, this all goes still back to the identity crisis, uh, the masculinity crisis. Mm-hmm. The, you can see now that all it is, it's, it's on a bigger stage. Make me feel legitimate about what I'm doing so I can feel good about who I am. So then let's tie that all together with the, with the solution. So mm. obviously God is a solution. God is the only... He's the only source for fulfillment and he's the only source for, uh, for everything that is fulfillment in, in our lives. So what does it look like for somebody who is struggling with, with this identity crisis to move towards having identity in Christ and being okay with that? That's a really big question, and I think it's the one that everybody wants answered, both same-sex attracted and not. And the answer, actually you stated the answer, it is in Christ. Is this a cure? No. Is this a pray away, you're gay? No. Um, And it's not getting together and telling really horrible stories or salacious stories about sex and thinking that that's going to make you better. Like an exodus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We don't, don't need that. God is our confidant and he will be our protector and he is our healer and he will put things back together for us. What I find, what I found to be true in the people that I know who live in, in the same way I do, which is, um, in sexual purity toward God, in in God's way, sexual. Mm -hmm. uh, My identity is whatever he's called it to be, which is I've chosen not to be married, so therefore I'm going to have a a righteous sexuality. It has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with celibacy. It has nothing to do with homosexuality or opposite sex, heterosexuality. It has to do with who do I want to be in God? And if people would... Put God first instead of their sexuality, their sex, then all of a sudden God moves into the place of God and you begin to line up, your life lines up with what he would have for you. Right, because there's no room at the top for two. Right. But people get that really confused because everybody wants to have sex. Everybody wants to feel good. So do I. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. I have to choose, do I do it the right way or do I not? It's just like any of the other lists of things that um, God says that, you know, we shouldn't be or that are not going to inherit the kingdom. We've, we've heard some about that, of course. But will I choose to be an idolater? Will I choose to be a, a liar and a cheat? Or will I choose not to? Because it is a choice. We have it within us to choose yes, to go down any of these sinful roads And even though we might not in our lifetime come across that particular problem, 
let's say we do, which is where we're at now with, with sex. You, Brandon, just like me, have to make the choice. Will I be righteous before God? Will mm-hmm. I live a morally pure life before him? Well, that's where it's at. So it's all about how closely do you want to walk with God? How, how much do you want to not live under the blanket and the darkness of that sin so that God can bless you? Right. And the cool, the cool thing about that is in Christ, there's still even the... Uh, You know, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins. We can walk in darkness and still be in the light. Yes. Not not like in an, like I'm encouraging you to walk in the darkness because you're still in the light. No, that's stupid. That's abusing grace and that's dumb. Um, but a piece of hope in that sense is while... While we are still struggling with these things in our lives, while we're still wrestling with them, while we're still having those problems, and while we're still navigating that terrain, we are still in the light of Christ, and we are still in, we are still the apple of God's eye. And we are, you know, we do have that choice to, to either lay down in it and say, well, there's no, there's no way I'm going to get out of it. Or to accept that identity that Christ has freely given to us, which is an overwhelming conqueror, a son of the Most High, you know, a prince seated among the heavenlies, the righteousness of God in Christ. Right. And... It, it, don't get me wrong. It's not an easy. It's not an easy thing to do. No, it's it's not easy, but it is simple. Because with God, it's there. Simplicity is. This is a really this is a really <laughs> prevalent theme, right? But um, that identity is what saves us. That identity is what frees us from from these issues that hold us so deep. Um. And that we're kind of getting a little bit off base. But, no, um, I think you're 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 right. That our identity in Christ should become our identity because we keep talking about sexual identity because that's what the world talks about. That's what this whole gay lifestyle is, and and beyond. Um, so our identity, when it's right, is in Christ, just like yours is. Right, masculine so, identity, sexual identity, yeah. all that identity. Your identity is Christ Jesus and his perfect stand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you believe right, then you live right. And that's where this goes. As you believe that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, that God has a better plan for you and a purpose for you, and that your sexuality, just like your other thoughts and your actions, are to come into... Um, under his submission, under his control, Mm -hmm. then it's okay. You don't feel like you're losing or missing out. You feel and you know that you're gaining because you're doing it for the one who created it and created you. Right. There's a huge difference. And I think that's where people today, especially Brandon, have a hard time getting out of 
because the world is so sexualized and it's you're, you're told to go out and get it and do it as much as you can. And then when you realize, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be over here doing what God wants, it doesn't sound right. It actually doesn't feel right to do the right thing. Right. And that's where our identity has to change. And then the things begin to heal. All of a sudden, your masculinity is identifiable. And it doesn't mm-hmm. need anything else or anyone else except Christ to make it whole. Right. I mean, think of it. Think of a cell. This just kind of come to mind. Think of a cell and think of the nucleus. Because the nucleus is at the center of the cell. And inside the nucleus is all the DNA. All of the instructions for how that cell is supposed to operate, how where it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to do, the way it looks, the way it thinks, where every little protein is made, everything is made there, everything is directed from there. It is all from that center. Now, there's a reason that God made, made a cell to be that way. Because God is the center of our life. Well, if, if we make God the center of our life, we will operate at full capacity. And um, if you think of like the different little sections of the cell, like the mitochondria or, you know, the... Uh, Getting deep there for me. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. There, there's different little, you know... Different yeah, I, got, I know what you're saying. Guys, but, um, and if you, th- if you think of those as sexual identity... Right. Masculine identity. And if you, if you let the DNA at the center of the nucleus determine where all these go and how they're supposed to function and let them operate mm-hmm. under that design, then you're going to be a f- fulfilled, happy little cell. You know, it's, if you're, if you know, if you have a, a condition where, you know, a certain section doesn't operate the way it's normally supposed to, let the DNA determine how that gets taken care of. Right. Let let God determine how our uh, broken sexualities work, how our broken um, emotional lives are to work right now until it gets healed or, tr- or treated, you know, that is so beautiful. You're so incredibly right on, Brandon. Let God function in that because we can't change overnight. Not saying you ever can't will or or that you could. It's a process. And it is one like you just said where God wants to be the one in charge of the direction that that's going to go. That's where healing comes from. And it's what grace is all about when grace abounds. You know, wherever the sin abounds, grace does superabound. And because we have a tendency and we are bent to walk in our sin, and especially sexual sin, it's so hard to get away from. It's so hard to be um, what God called us to be because of what we're raised in and so forth and so on. And if we realize that we're going to make mistakes, we're going to fall, we're going to have a hard time, we're going we're gonna to question even if the decision to live right for God was even the right decision because maybe this isn't what he really wanted me to do because it's too hard. I I think about it too much. I desire it too much. It's too painful to not have and to experience. So maybe all of a sudden 
you know, that God really didn't want me to do that. But like you said, if we operate from there and let the DNA, let the PowerPoint know what we're doing and, and that here's my weakness and it will become stronger and that will take over. Right. And then the healing is process starts and goes and grows. And I don't know that it's ever over, Brandon. Um, I know people who have come out of the gay lifestyle, have gotten married, have children and all that. But they will also tell you the thoughts don't go away. But what has changed in them is if they've allowed the correct kind of healing is the masculinity and the identity is what has changed. And so they identify with Christ, not with sex with the same sex. Right. Such a huge difference, and you're so right. Start there. Let God heal you and bring you along the way. Trip and fall, pick you up, carry you, wash you off, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get tired of doing it as long as you're here. Right. That's a... It's a it's a it's a comforting comforting thought and it applies across the board to everything. It really does, yeah. And that that's one thing that I just love about God is one thing that you find that um applies in one sense to one specific topic. He's bigger than, than than that just applying there, and it applies everywhere else, at least in some sense and fashion. God at the center is something that is the healing factor for all of our ailments. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the healing for all of our problems, for all of our fears. His, his love being, being what we need is where we need to live. You are so right. God at the center takes care of everything, doesn't it? Our healing, our hope, our our joy, our smile, our heart, everything. When he's in the middle, no matter what we go through, we know that we're not alone and that even if we don't make it through it <laughs> quite the way we know we wanted to, he didn't leave. He didn't blink. Mm-hmm. He didn't go away. And let me just say this, too, before we close, that your standing with God doesn't change just because your thoughts did. Mm -hmm. Your faith will go up and down. Your trust in God will waver. You will get tossed around a bit. But your standing is always perfect because Christ is your standing. Remember what Brandon said earlier, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. He sees Christ when he looks at you. He's looking through what his... Um, only begotten son did. And therefore, Christ's standing with God is always perfect and will never change. So therefore, so is yours. So be be of good cheer. You know, <laughs> that's an old term. But get get excited, get happy. You know what, Lord? I am not where I need to be, and I've still got this problem. But you keep telling him, he'll keep answering, and you're going to grow. Amen. (laughs) So that's it for today's episode. So why don't you go out today and change somebody else's mind about God? 
Thank you for listening to Free Indeed Radio. Send us your prayer requests, comments, and suggestions to freeindeedco at gmail.com. We would love to hear how the Lord has touched your life and rejoice with you. Don't forget to sign up to follow us by email on the website and get our app from the Google Play Store. Free Indeed is listener-supported, and we invite you to come check out how you can support us through our website at www.freeindeedco.com. Free Indeed Ministries believes that your tithes belong to your local church, and we receive your donations as offerings to support the mission of Free Indeed to advance the gospel of grace throughout the world. The Lord bless you as you go into your world and change someone else's mind about God.